0: just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Earth Keepers. I'm about to head out on my first out-of-state road trip in two years, and I am so excited to get out and see some new faces. I'll be heading to Sedona for Sandra Walter's Crystalline Convergence event, but don't forget that I have two meetups planned if you live in either Arizona or Utah. So on Saturday, June 19th, we have a dinner meetup in Sedona, and on Tuesday, June 22nd, I'm hosting a dinner meetup in Salt Lake City. There's no cost to attend other than buying your own dinner. And it's just a casual get together where we can chat about all things earthkeeping. However, I do need you to RSVP ASAP if you plan to attend so that I can make restaurant reservations and get all of the details to you. So there's links to both meetups in the show notes to do that. And for everyone asking when I'll be on the East Coast, stay tuned. I'm really hoping to make my way that direction in the fall. Now, I have a few fun things planned for us here this summer. For the rest of this month, starting with this episode, I'll be sharing some shorter episodes I'm calling Summer School. And I know, the school year just wrapped up in most parts of the world, but When you're learning about a topic you love, you don't really mind if it extends a bit into your summer vacation, and I hope you'll feel that way about this Earth Keepers summer school. That being said, I'm going to keep these episodes short and hopefully encourage you to get outside and continue exploring the topics for yourself, because you can listen to this podcast all you want, but until you go outside and put what you learn into practice, it will all just be theories and ideas. So that's what we'll be doing this summer, going outside. And I know, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, you're just about to enter the winter months, but I would still encourage you to get outside and explore. Because for the next three weeks, we'll be talking about how to work with the energy of three things that are plentiful to connect with any time of the year. The sun, the earth, and the water. But during the summer months, it's even easier and more fun to get out in nature and really soak in the essence of these elements. Today, we'll be talking all about the sun, and not just from an energetic level, but primarily from a physical level. How exactly do our bodies interact with the sun? Because the more I work with the energies of the earth, the more I learn what we've been taught about how our bodies work is all wrong. Or in some cases, it just hasn't even been mentioned at all. So in order to go deeper in relationship with the Earth, we have to first know how to use our bodies to do that, and in some cases, what's keeping us from making those connections. But before we get to that, I do want to remind you that if you're feeling really called to deepen your connection with nature this summer, I would love to have you join us in the Earth Tenders Academy. In this online course, you'll connect even more deeply with the energy of the land where you live, work with the spirits of the land there, and learn how to do healing work in partnership with those spirits. The Earth Tenders Academy is an online course with nine modules, chock full of video lessons from me, along with guided meditations to experience each subject for yourself. We all meet together live twice a month to practice our skills including one call every month where we do a reading and healing with a house or a piece of land together and then compare notes. Every single month, there's at least one person who says, I'm totally new at this and I didn't think I got much, but after hearing everyone else's experience, I realized I definitely got some of the same messages. These practice sessions will get you trusting your intuitive guidance and channeled messages in no time. So there's a link in the show notes to learn more about the Earth Tenders Academy and join us. Okay, let's talk about the sun. Because while the moon gets a lot of credit for governing life on Earth, the sun is often overlooked. But the sun regulates every facet of our lives. More than just a gaseous ball of light, it is a conscious, intelligent, living being itself. And it's also experiencing the ascension process, just like the earth and all of us living on it. And it's part of a larger ecosystem too. You may have heard of the central sun and the greater central sun from other spiritual teachers or through your own channeled messages. But if not, let me give you a little overview of everyone's place out in space, at least as I understand it at the moment. Because just like everything, changes are happening all the time. But the Sun itself is the center of our solar system. It regulates all life on Earth, as well as the other planets in its orbit, and creates the world as we know it. Our Sun, along with six other stars, revolves around a much larger Sun in the Pleiadian star system known as the Central Sun. The Central Sun, in turn, Is revolving around an even bigger star, Sirius, also known as the Greater Central Sun. Vibrations flow through the Sun and out to the rest of the galaxy, creating and organizing many worlds in our universe. Solar flares, of which we experience almost constantly during the month of May, are one way that new information and codes are being beamed from the Greater Central Sun to the Central Sun. To our sun and then to our planet. But outside of the more esoteric codes and energies, there seems to be a lot of misunderstanding or mm, perhaps deliberate disinformation about the sun. However, when we change our relationship to the sun, our relationship to the earth will also shift and change. In recent decades, the sun has been made to be our enemy when nothing could be further from the truth. All of the codes and instructions our bodies need come through the sun and into our cells. Our bodies need the sun. Our skin is designed for sunshine. I mean, how good does it feel to be in the sun? That feeling is a cosmic conversation between the sun, ourselves, and our soul. It's our body's natural response to the benefits of the sun but most of us are severely sunlight deprived i started learning more about this when in january of 2020 i started receiving a very strong internal message to stop wearing sunglasses i thought that was a bit of a strange message to receive especially in the middle of winter so i asked for more details why shouldn't i be wearing sunglasses exactly but no specific answer came so I followed the guidance I was hearing and stopped wearing my sunglasses, which was obviously much easier to do in the winter months than it would be in summer. And a few months later, while listening to a podcast, the answer to my question came. The podcast host was interviewing Nadine Artemis, the author of a book called Renegade Beauty. She mentioned a study that was done where it was shown that the healing rays of the sun were completely ineffective the person was wearing sunglasses. If the light can't interact with the lenses in our eyes, our entire body misses the message being delivered by the sun. This information blew me away. Because if this was true, why don't we collectively know it? Why aren't there public health campaigns telling us how much we need the sun? So I immediately bought this book and immersed myself in the chapter specifically about the sun. As we do know, many ancient civilizations considered sun exposure critical to their lives and well-being. From the Egyptians, who were famous for worshipping the sun, to the Romans, who had right-to-sunlight legislation for their citizens. It was understood that sunlight was necessary for human health long before the advent of pharmaceuticals, sunscreen, and modern medicine. But this research about what happens when you wear sunglasses was done around the turn of the last century. The 1903 Nobel Prize in Medicine was awarded to a doctor who brought heliotherapy into the mainstream when the motto was the deeper the tan, the better the cure. In the fresh air of the Swiss Alps, this doctor built hospitals with walls of windows, southern balconies, and retractable roofs to maximize sun exposure for his patients, especially from the morning sun. He would gradually introduce sun to their bare bodies in the cool alpine air, and within a few months, people sick with rickets and tuberculosis, experiencing deformed bone structure and deep, weeping wounds, would have a healthy glowing skin and straight spines. What was the doctor's recipe for the best results? Sunbathing in the morning along with a nutritious diet. Now, what's interesting is that when I tuned in to ask more about how to work with the sun, I was shown that our bodies function very similarly to plants when it comes to the light. We need light to grow and flourish. We even convert the sun's light into energy, our own form of photosynthesis. When we eat plants, we're able to capture that sunlight in our cells and our mitochondria turn it into energy. Pretty cool, right? But now let's deal with the elephant in the room when it comes to sun exposure. The idea that the sun damages our skin and can cause cancer. I have to tell you, reading about this totally blew my mind. It became incredibly obvious to me that there's quite the PR campaign against the sun by sunscreen and beauty product manufacturers. Because in more than 2,500 scientific studies, it is a lack of sunlight and vitamin D3 that are linked to cancer. 2,500 studies. Just let the volume of research on this subject sink in for a moment. The fact that this information isn't well known or widely distributed when it's been so thoroughly studied means there's money to be made on making us believe that the opposite is true. But I'm not even going to get into that. I think it's pretty clear what's happening here. But in fact, several studies showed that appropriate levels of sun exposure actually helps prevent cancer. Furthermore, it's been proven that melanoma occurrence has been found to decrease with sun exposure and increase with sunscreen use. A review of studies showed no correlation between sun exposure and melanoma. I actually just saw an article over the weekend that showed that many of the top sunscreen brands were found to include carcinogenic ingredients not listed on the label and far exceeding what would be considered by the FDA as safe exposure levels. So why are we inundated with the idea that we should never set foot outside without being slathered in SPF? And what are we missing out on when we only expose our skin to the sun with a barrier between us and it? A whole lot, as it turns out. And I'm taking the time to explain this because I, for one, did not understand how my body is designed to interact with the sun. And unless it was part of your school curriculum, which I'm guessing it wasn't, this is probably news to you too. So if I'm encouraging you to go outside to connect with the sun, but you're only doing it covered in sunscreen and wearing your sunglasses, then you're never going to get the actual benefits of the sun and you won't even realize it. So if sunscreen doesn't prevent cancer, what does it do? Well, the chemicals in sunscreen will block UVB rays from being absorbed into our skin, which sounds like a good thing since it's UVB rays that cause burns after extended sun exposure. But what SPF actually does is block our skin's early warning detector, also known as a sunburn. It's like applying anesthesia to your skin. And the real issue is that UVB rays are the ones that actually trigger our bodies to produce vitamin D. So you can spend all day, every day in the sun and still be vitamin D deficient if you're always wearing sunscreen. And if you're thinking, don't worry, I only use all natural sunscreen products. But if it has SPF listed on the label... It has one or more synthetic ingredients that have been laboratory tested to prevent sunburns. That's what SPF on a label means. And the kicker on the whole sunscreen situation, oxybenzone, an active ingredient in many sunscreens, is a free radical generator that is non-carcinogenic. That is, until it's exposed to sunlight which explains how cancer rates go up with sunscreen use, not down. Pretty maddening, isn't it? So, okay. Now that we see how we've been duped by the sunscreen manufacturers, how exactly are we supposed to enjoy the sun and not get sunburned? I've been experimenting with this for over a year now. And as someone whose ancestry is primarily Scandinavian and Northern European, I can tell you nobody burns as easily as me. In fact, Until this message started coming through last year about not wearing my sunglasses, there really wasn't anywhere I went without sunblock and sunglasses. My skin was pretty much translucent. And as it turns out, I was in the 75% of adults and teenagers in North America who were vitamin D deficient. Because when I'd had blood work done in mid-summer of 2019, everything came back perfectly healthy. Except for my vitamin D levels which even my natural path said was odd for the summer months. So no surprise that my guides were prompting me only a few months later to ditch the sunglasses and ultimately the sunblock too. Now, keep in mind that overexposure to the sun will most certainly still result in a sunburn. During my own experiments last summer, if I hit a point in the day where I was feeling like I could start to burn, I would toss a shirt or a towel over myself to actually block the sun from reaching my skin. And if I was out on the water, I always kept a sun hat on to help shade my face and shoulders and keep the sun out of my eyes without wearing sunglasses. But I also found that all of the other suggestions from the Renegade Beauty book really did shift my body's ability to tolerate or rather enjoy sun exposure like I'd never experienced before. So here are the suggestions to commune with the sun in a healthy way. First, What we nourish our bodies with determines how our skin responds to the sunlight. Really. Our bodies create an internal SPF when we eat an antioxidant-rich diet of sun-grown foods, herbs, and fats. Tomatoes, watermelon, green tea, turmeric, leafy greens, liquid chlorophyll, berries, and even chocolate are full of the compounds that protect our skin from sunburn. Next, be conscious of what you're putting on your skin day in and day out. The epidermis, or outer layer of our skin, provides a natural antibacterial, anti-wrinkle, sunscreen protection that is easily damaged by surfactants, scrubs, chemical peels, and synthetic products. If you haven't already ditched the toxins in your Bath & Beauty products, this is yet another reason to make the switch. Now, to the actual sun exposure. Start to slowly but consistently expose your skin to the sun to create a protective tan with the melanin that your body creates to help prevent sunburn. Melanin in our skin transforms the UV radiation we absorb into heat that's easily dissipated from our skin, which is way more effective than sunscreen. There's an app called D-Minder that will calculate your geographic location, time of year, current cloud cover, and your skin tone to determine how long to bask in the sunshine and how much vitamin D will be generated by your session. But the best time for sun exposure is from first thing in the morning until solar noon. Get the sun on as much of your skin as you can. And remember, don't wear your sunglasses. Absorption of sunlight by our eyes is the most direct path of communication between the sun and our brains. It triggers the hormones and neurochemicals that help us to stay not only healthy, but also happy. When sunlight hits that lens in the back of our eyes, it not only regulates our circadian rhythm hormones, but also boosts our immune system and anti aging oxidants. It also stimulates our pineal gland aka our third eye. So sunlight exposure is definitely contributing to expanding our consciousness and awakening our psychic abilities. Personally, I shoot for about 20 minutes or so of sunlight each morning in the height of summer. That is, 20 minutes outside with no sunblock or sunglasses is all it takes to trigger all these benefits between the sun and our bodies. And finally, Although they cannot be legally labeled as having SPF, a term reserved for synthetic sunscreen ingredients, there are many plants that offer some level of UV protection to their own tissues and also to ours. In fact, the internal guidance I received was that we're just like plants when it comes to sun exposure. Even if a plant is sensitive to the harshest afternoon sun, we don't cover them up or move them to a dark room to protect them. We give them a little extra water and maybe some filtered shade. And the same goes for us. And there's specific plants that can assist us in extending our time in the sun, including coconut, jojoba, olive, and sea buckthorn oils. Raspberry seed oil has been studied and shown to absorb both UVB and UVC rays and may provide the equivalent of SPF 25. Essential oils are also great at harmonizing the sun's rays with our skin while providing nourishing and healing properties. Of course, we still want to avoid burning our skin if at all possible, so for extended sun exposure, you'll want a hat and some clothing to cover up in. An organic sunblock with zinc oxide as the active ingredient will block and reflect the sun rather than absorb it. And if you're going to be in the water, pure vitamin C powder mixed with water and sprayed onto your exposed skin can also help prevent sunburn. All remedies provided by nature. Okay, so I promised I was going to keep this short. So in honor of this weekend's summer solstice, here is your summer school homework for the week, or rather the next few months. Download the D-Minder app and customize the settings for your location and skin type, then put at least 20 minutes of morning sun exposure on your calendar every day. Now, if it's warm enough, take off as many articles of clothing as possible. But even if it's not particularly warm, remember that there's tons of benefits to exposing your eyes to the daylight, even if your skin is covered. And then share a photo of yourself catching some rays in our Following Hawks Earth Keepers Facebook community. Just keep your photos PG if you're really going for it with the naked sunbathing. I'm also adding a link in the show notes to download a PDF with this information and some more resources, including a recipe from the Renegade Beauty Book for a sunbather bronzer serum that you can make to help extend your time in the sun. I used this last summer along with the other recommendations and not only did I never get a sunburn even on long afternoons out on the lake, Everyone I knew commented all summer that they had never seen me with a tan before. So yeah, it works. And be sure to click the link in the show notes to get the recipe. Of course, once you've added this routine to your day, it's also the perfect time to connect in and meditate with the wisdom of the sun as well. Keep a notebook nearby and write down the insights and wisdom you receive during your sunbathing sessions. You might be surprised about what comes through when you're truly in contact with the sun's rays. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode and are now totally hyped for summer school. Enjoy your time connecting with the sun this week, and I'll see you right back here next Tuesday when we dive into our connection with water. I'll see you then.